I get to introduce our speaker this morning, and uh, he's a good friend of mine, known him for a lot of years now here, and uh, it's amazing how fast it's gone, but uh, Pastor Jesse Cabrera um, has been part of Res Life, and I think it was just over 15 years ago that you gave your life to Christ, went away to Bible school down at Rama in Tulsa for, I don't know, two, three years, whatever, four years, actually, and uh, came back, was uh, part of the res team here, uh, leading um, as one of the staff members, and then an opportunity came um, at Res Life Holland, which is a standalone church. Originally, it started as a campus of Res Life Granville, so we're still connected relationally, but probably about five years ago, we really uh, had made the decision for it to be a standalone ministry, still called Resurrection Life Church Holland. And so the opportunity was there for Pastor Jesse to step into the lead role as the lead pastor of that church. And then just over the last year, it's been a process of God, you know, ending that time frame or that season, I guess I could say, out in Holland. And an opportunity opened up for him to join the staff again here at Res Life Granville. And... Uh, really be part of leading the charge um, right now with the uh, nursery, preschool, and res kids area. So would you please give a warm welcome to our friend, Pastor Jesse Cabrera. Thanks, Pastor Tom. Appreciate it. Well, good morning, men. I feel like a ping pong ball between Holland and Granville, who serves next? <laughs> no, it's been such a great journey, uh, roller coaster, and I like roller coasters. Um, but it's really, this is just the prompting of God. God's called me back here, my wife here, my children here. Um, and, you know, we really didn't seek out to find opportunities. We were seeking out the voice of God and where the Spirit wanted us to go. And we knew the end of 2019 that there was going to be a transition, and we just prayed things out. And I uh, believe we got the right people involved for the Holland side, uh, and we knew God was going to take care of us over here. And he is. He's, he's faithful. So, And you guys would agree with me that God's faithful in your life, right? Even through trials, even through storms, even through hostility, right? Even when your plan doesn't work, right? Even when you had something already uh, planned out, schemed out, and it just took a turn, God's still faithful. God is still on the throne, and that's just his faithfulness to us. Uh, you know, before I get started, let, let me actually pray with you guys. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, so much for your goodness, your faithfulness. We lift up the name of Jesus. We come to you, exalting your name, worshiping and giving you our praises. Father, we come with thanksgiving, Father, thanking you for giving us another day to live on earth, Father God, to be a light to this world, uh, to, to, to dive into you, Father, to encounter your presence. And Father, this morning as we sacrifice to get out early, Father, to join this group, just to receive your word and to fellowship with the brotherhood, Lord, I pray you do a work in our hearts. Lord, not our will, your will be done. Father, we thank you as the word comes out. I decrease myself I, and I ask you to increase in me. Lord, let the words that I speak come from your heart, Father, and pierce our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. amen. So like I was saying, you know, it's, it's a time and a season in life where we can all agree sometimes things are not going away the way we planned it. You know, every year, my wife and I, at the end of the year, we always pray, what does the next year look like? You know, so I remember November, December of 2019, praying with my wife and, and 
declaring and calling things out and saying, God, you're going to be faithful. You're going to be good. And then we all entered into 2020 together. You guys know what happened. <laughs> you know, and, and, and here's the thing. There's a lot of character in me that was being tested, probably with you guys as well, too. There's a lot of testings in my heart. I felt like I was in a fire, but that fire was purifying something in my heart and in my attitude and in my thought life. You see, the thought life, we kind of forget. We think we're alone in there, but God sees the thoughts as well. He knows the thoughts. And all these, and all these things all, all these things that have been happening in 2020, I had many, many opportunities for, for me just to veer off. You go into February, you go into March, you go into April, you go into the summertime, we're in the fall time, and it's feeling like winter a little bit. You know, seasons come, seasons go. But through this process of 2020, as much as I didn't really enjoy it, I kind of did because I saw God's faithfulness in the midst of these storms. I saw God's faithfulness in the midst of hostility. He's even graced me and my, my family to continue to do his work. See, right now we have a culture that, that, that brings isolation for certain seasons because of certain sicknesses that are out there. And I'm not here to play politics or say, hey, do it or don't do it. I'm not. I'm here to call out wisdom and say, hey, do what's right. But understand, spiritually speaking, God did not call you to isolate yourself. Men, you were called to speak. You have a voice. That is an instrument that God gave you. Who loves this ministry reload? Make some noise. Such a great group. Yeah, we had a time where we had to do things online. We're gathering together. There's some restrictions. That's fine. But the anchor of Christ is still here. And this morning when we were worshiping, the Lord told me to do this. I'm going to read something to you guys. Let me pull it out. You just told me, hey, go back to the vision of why Reload exists. So I just went to reslife.org. I know the vision. I know you know the vision. But sometimes we just need reminders of the vision of why we're here. It says that we exist to equip men to change their world as it pertains to their home, their church, their community, and the ends of the earth. We achieve this. Listen up, men. We achieve this by helping men create meaningful relationships, overcome life-controlling issues, and offer relevant biblical truths that bring ultimate clarity. This is why we're here. This is why we do Reload, is to build that relationship and to continue to advance God's kingdom through that opportunities to give up is going to present itself on a daily basis. But let me tell you something. Jesus says, all these issues and troubles are going to happen, but take heart for I have overcome all this world. And we need to remind ourselves. And so today's message, I want to take a few minutes. Today's message really is about how do we counter a culture that when there's hostility and negativity, and how do I continue to live the way God wants me to live? And the title of this message is The Power of Your Influence. Everyone say it with me. The Power of Your Influence. We're going to demonstrate it for a second. I want you to look at your, the men around your table right now. We're going to take a few seconds, and I want you to give someone on your table or each other a quick encouraging word. Take 10, 10 15 seconds. Go ahead. That's awesome. I, I, we have some men continue to give each other encouraging words, and I'm seeing the fist bumps go everywhere, and I think that's awesome. There's something about encouraging another man 
even in the midst of a storm that we walk through, that brings life. You know, the Bible tells us that there's, there's life and death and power in the tongue to speak life. And that's what you men are doing right now. You guys are speaking life to each other. And that's, that's being an influence in someone's life right now. You know, when you look at Jesus and he walked this world, really Jesus set the tone on how to influence. My biggest question right now, before I dive into this, my biggest question is, are you using your influence for God's kingdom? Are you using your influence to bring life? Just keep that, that question in, 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 your, in your heart for a second as we continue on. But Jesus, like I said, he sets the tone. Jesus starts to influence men on earth the moment his ministry starts. I was reading the other day the book of Matthew on my own time, and, and he's calling the 12 disciples. I believe it's in Matthew 3, 4. Uh, he's calling uh, the, the, the 12 disciples, and he calls out uh, Peter. He calls out John and James. Uh, and I love it because he says, hey, come follow me. And, and the brothers, the sons of Zebedee, they leave their dad, and they leave their business, their fishing business, to join what Jesus has. They were willing to drop everything to follow Jesus. And here's, here's the truth. If you want to be a godly influencer, you need to first be a good follower of Jesus Christ. You see, because you, influencing also requires you to lead people. But you cannot lead if you're not following Christ. Now, you can follow something, but let me tell you something. If it's not Christ, it won't lead to eternity. So as you follow Jesus, you're able to influence others to lead others towards Jesus. Paul said it best. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Some people don't know how to follow Christ. They say, hey, follow me as I follow Christ because you'll get it. You'll get it. God wants us to follow because he needs us to be the influence of this world. Matthew 5, uh, starting in verse 13, Jesus says this in the Beatitudes. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Look at the men around you say, you are light. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, listen up very closely. Jesus says, in the same way. In the same way. He's talking to us. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. You know what he's saying, right? He says, your deeds, what I've instilled in you, let the world see. Let it shine like, like a light on a lampstand. He's saying, be an influence for my kingdom. Be somebody that's going to see Jesus in you. Somebody that faces the same fire as everybody else, but acts a little differently because of the great one that lives in them. There are times, do we have any builders in the house? Like, you're just good with your hands, just, just make some noise. Oh, no. This is a men's group. Okay, I'll say it this way. Who's ever built something with their hands, make some noise? That's better. All right. That's good. That's good. And it, 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 you don't have to build anything. You can probably just do lawn work. Who's ever done lawn work or built something or whatever, and you completed it and you stared at it? <laughs> My wife says, you stare more than you fix. <laughs> That's what she says to me. Jokingly, you know, we laugh about it. 
You know, I, just yesterday, just yesterday, we installed some carpet in my kid's room, new carpet, and, and we painted, and uh, I put my son's bed back in his room after we were done, and I laid on the bed and just looked around, and I was just proud of what I did. And that's where my wife came. She's like, you stare more than what you fix. I can cut my grass, and as soon as I'm done, I'm like, man, I mean, I could spend, spend 30 minutes just staring at it. At every angle, you come over here, yeah, it looks good. You come over here, looks good. You back up on the truck, you want to come in the neighborhood, see how people see it as they enter the neighborhood, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Or oh, that's just me. Okay, that's just me, I guess. All right. But here, here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing we have to be very careful with, okay? I'm not trying to bring any type of negativity towards this. It's okay to have those feelings, but sometimes we can find too much pride in these hands. Look at your hands. Sometimes we can find too much pride in these hands and forget that these are not the hands that truly build. It is his hands that build within us. He uses these hands, but the true builder, the true creator is God himself that given us the ability to do what we have to do especially when it comes to being influenced to this world and especially when it becomes uh, when it comes down to his people. You know, that word influence, the definition of influence is the ability of a person to compel others to think, feel or even behave in a specific manner. In other words, you can say it this way. Influence affects my conduct. It affects my thought life and it affects my character. Peter, let's, let's look at Peter, the disciple for a second. Peter, Peter's a follower of Jesus. He goes through his journey with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is crucified, and he's, he's the next three days, he's physically not with them. What does Peter do? What does Peter do? He goes back to being a fisherman. He goes back to being a fisherman. And the reason why I say that is because at the time, as Peter's still being developed, and as, as he's not used to not having the physical Jesus with him, he tends to go back to his old way. You see, when we don't allow the encounter of Christ in our life on a daily basis, what I'm saying, men, is you will go back to your old way. You will go back to the way you used to be. And God does not want that for your life. He doesn't want that for your life. He needs men who's going to stand for truth and, and live in his truth and be anchored to his truth. And the way we do that is by going to the truth. By understanding the living truth is within me. We have to take a hard look in the mirror and really analyze ourselves. Where am I at with you, God? And not only analyze yourself, because you might be looking pretty good, but check yourself from now and maybe a year ago, have I grown, God? Is your fruit coming out of my life for your kingdom, God? Because he doesn't want us to stay steady. He wants us to continue to increase in him. That is what he wants to say, to increase in Jesus. And all, all through the New Testament, Jesus demonstrated that he did that. Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story next few minutes. Um, so like Pastor Tom was saying, there was a season in my life where I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because I was in Bible school. I gave my life in 2005 to, uh, I gave my life to Christ in 2005 at the Holland campus. They were like four months old at the time. And at the time, it was just Pastor Dwayne on a video. And I don't remember the message, but I remember the impact that made me raise my hand and say, I want Jesus in my life. Now, through my teenage years, I hung out with the wrong crowd. I, I, I did the wrong things. Uh, it was just not a, a 
pretty picture and the route I was taking was not the best. Uh, but when I encountered Jesus for the first time, September 4 of 2005, and I gave my life to Christ, that's when the journey began for me. 2006, I go to Bible school. Uh, I come back, I marry my high school sweetheart. We go to Bible school together in 2007. It's 2008, we're about a year in marriage, and it's 2008, and at the church at Ramah in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, they did a night of worship. Now, there was a man who was tra would travel with the worship team, uh, church to church, and some of you guys might know him, and his name is Daniel Eric Groves. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Daniel Eric Groves. So I didn't know him at the time, uh, and I found out there was ties with him in Res Life while I'm in Tulsa, I had no idea. And so he, he's leading this night of worship. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal time. My wife and I are, are so fired up. We're in the front. We're at the platform and we're like, yeah, you know, Jesus, praise Jesus. And there's a point where in the middle of worship, he, they stop singing and, and Daniel has a, has a message, a quick word, maybe a three minute word. And I'm looking at this guy who's at the platform and right in front of my face. And it was like he was talking to me. And he, he gave this whole spiel about being an influencer to the world. And as he's given this message about the influence, he uses an illustration. He says, he practically, practically can say, hey, Jesse, did you know? But he didn't. But let's just pretend he did, okay? So he says, hey, Jesse, you know, uh, did you know that your life is like a train? You see, you're the engine train. And if you stay on track for Jesus, there are carts that are connected behind you that are gonna stay on track, but if you derail, every cart behind that will also derail. It is important that you stay on track for Jesus because you're going to influence the world. And I remember that moment as I heard those words coming out of his mouth. It impacted and it influenced my life. That was the moment. I gave my life to Christ, okay? There's one thing when you give and it's another thing when you live. OK, I had already gave my life to Christ. I'm in Bible school, uh, but I'm still developing. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to grasp this whole thing. But it was that day that Daniel Eric Groves uh, helped me make a decision to say, now today I am sold out for Jesus Christ. I'm going to live for him. It, I, it impacted my thought life. It impacted my habits. It impacted my behaviors. It made me change all my dreams. I, I, I stopped saying, okay, I, I'm not going to do this. I want to do what God wants me to do. That is the power of his influence in my life because he was a Jesus follower. Who are you impacting right now? Who are you giving your, your, your uh, fellowship to that you can be light in their life? It only takes one moment, one moment to make an impact in somebody's life. And that moment was for me. Think about it for a second. When you were impacted by somebody's word or actions, one of my favorite things I love to do is watch marriages who are in their 40th year, 50th year, 60th year. And my wife will sit down and we will ask them questions. We, they don't know who we are but we will celebrate with them at the moment. I remember going to a football game, high school football game last year, and somebody was saying, I overheard the conversation, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary next week. So we sat with them and we said, what's the secret? We wanna know, they're influencing us for the moment. We don't have to know the person, but we're definitely making an impact. They're definitely making an impact in our life. See, a lot of times we think that there's this cookie cutter way of how to be an influence to the world, but there's not. You see, you don't even have to speak words, but your deeds speak words. You don't have to say much or know the person, 
But the way you live and the presence that you're in will be felt by those people. And so we would ask them these questions and they would give us good, good nuggets. They, they would tell us how to, how to live and what to say. I remember one guy said, just say yes, dear, all the time. And, and that, that helped me through this. Maybe it's not the best advice. But what I'm saying is it's advice that you could digest and check. Does it line up with the word? The Berean Jews were considered of noble character because they said that they would listen to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. And then they will go back to the scriptures to just check what Paul taught me today. Does it line up with the word? That's amazing. That shows that they have, they're easy to be influenced, but they also have the influence and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures. Are we doing that? I would always uh, tell the congregation when I was back in Holland, I always tell them, hey, make sure you go home and you check what I'm teaching lines up with the word. Now, it looks like I'm humble, but reality is I'm trying to make them practice to get into the word on a daily basis. Are we in our word? Is it still our anchor or, or is football season our anchor right now? <laughs> or, or, or is other, other, other uh, activities or events our anchor right now? I know there are seasons in my life, and I haven't. This is, this is confession. You know, I, 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 I've had seasons where maybe I wasn't in my word for a week, and I felt it. I felt it. Things were a little off in my, my attitude. My wife would tell me, something's wrong with you. And she was like, you haven't read, have you? And I'm like, shoot, <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> you know, I've, I've had seasons, and maybe you've had seasons. We all fall short sometimes. But the beauty about that is you can always come back to the Father because he has open arms and open hands. He still wants to use you. Your calling doesn't change. Your identity doesn't change. His love for you doesn't change. We think sometimes it changes. And so we don't want to come or encounter. But he doesn't change. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Exactly, man. So your influence, you got to make it count. You got to make it count. I think Paul and Timothy are the perfect example of how it works with influencing somebody. I mean, Paul had Timothy. Timothy had Paul. But Paul would influence Timothy like a dad to the point where he would teach him through these letters. He would visit him and they would. You can see Timothy asking him questions in his life. For his life, as he was pastoring a church, someone who was already in leadership. And I believe Timothy was a good leader because of the fact that he had, he, he knew how to follow Christ and he knew how to follow Paul as well. And, and ask advice, give me something. You see, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul says to Timothy, Let no one despise your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You see, Timothy's be, Timothy is being criticized for his age as he's leading people. He's being looked at. He's probably having conversations that are not fun for him because people have an opinion to say. And Paul doesn't go on and says, hey, you got to do it this way. Or, hey, you got to retaliate. Or, 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 hey, don't do nothing about it. He tells them, be an influence to them by being an example the way you speak, the way you love them, the way your faith is in Christ and show them the purity of heart as you counter their words. There is always a way. And you can say, well, I, I, that's not really relevant to me. That, uh, that doesn't really, uh, you know, it's, I'm not like Timothy where I'm leading a church. No, there's a principle behind it. 
We can have someone that can teach us. Who's, who's ever driven on a car or truck or wherever you're at and someone's cut you off and you've realized, wait, that was not okay. And then who's battled? What am I going to do at this moment? Oh, just me? Okay. All right, just me again. <laughs> but you have many opportunities where you could go the wrong way. And so when we influence and we have this brotherhood here and more out there, we realize we can come together and say, look, I'm not having a good day. I'm, I'm struggling with anger lately. And I feel like I'm going to blow up and it might be on the wrong person. That's where you come together as brothers and you say, pray and let's, let's come together. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so let one person sharpen another the reason why I share that scripture is because this, we have to understand that when we influence, influence creates inspiration in a person. That inspiration births desires to be more like Jesus, be more like the word, which leads to action and to being a doer of his word. That's why it's so important you influence someone. So when Daniel Eric Groves influenced me, what ended up happening is it inspired me to be more like Christ. And then it gave me desires to be, uh, to do Christ's plan for my life. And it produced action of me being a pastor today to lead people to Christ. It's exactly what, that's exactly what influence does. And the cool thing is, you don't have to just do it in the church walls. You can start in your own home. If you have a family, if you have kids, if you have parents, whoever it is, start in your home. That's where you start. And from there it grows. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you weren't the best example lately. It's not too late. You have air in your lungs. It's not too late. It's your time right now. Maybe you've been coming to this reload group and, and, and you've been committed, you've been faithful, but you've been quiet with other men that you know they need it. You can be that influence in their life. See, this is the, I guarantee this is what happens in our conversations. Hey, you want to go to reload? Yeah, sure, sure. It's a men's group, man. It's awesome. It's great. It's, it's 6.30 in the morning. But if you want to come, you know, I think that would be great. And we're ashamed to talk about certain things. There's no food right now, but hey, we can go out for breakfast later. Like, and we quiet ourselves in certain moments when God says, look, don't be ashamed of what's going on. This whole thing, we can nix the food. We can nix whatever the time, whatever you want to do. Just know that Jesus is in the house because they're not trying to encounter. The goal is not for them to encounter just us. We want them to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that we want them to have an encounter. We want to plug them into the community. We want them to get sharpened and fed through the word of God. And we want the fellowship, but the priority is Jesus Christ. You see, we come and we reload here, but did you know you can reload at home? You can reload at work. You can reload at the grocery store. You can reload. I mean, come on. Have, who's ever gone um, shooting at a range or, or hunting? Or, or how about this laser tag? Like, I mean, something that requires shooting, right? And, and I, I remember going to Grace Adventures, not with the men's retreat, uh, but before that, we, I went to a discipleship program and got to speak uh, to some students. And uh, my wife and I, we decided to take a couple of students to the laser tag site, which is it's just phenomenal. Probably the best experience in laser tag I've ever gone through. Their, their guns are awesome. But they have a reload station. And here's the deal. You shoot a couple of times, you need to reload at a station. Now, as I was playing and I shot a couple of times, I did not wait for the next game to reload. 
I found the station to reload at the moment in the same game so I can go back and be an impact and help my team out. You see, I say that example because sometimes we might uh, go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then we stop. We need to reload and we'll go, oh, we'll just wait till Sunday morning to get fed again because I need it. It's been tough this week. Man, I didn't realize I had five minutes. Okay. And, and what God's requiring us is that and letting us know that you can reload every day. The moment you feel something, get back into my word. Get back into the brotherhood. Get, get, get encouraged by somebody. Get into some teachings. Reload yourself. Everyone yell it out. Say reload. You are men of God. And as much as we need God for 2020 and beyond, God needs you for 2020 and beyond. Yes, he is our head, but you are his hands. You are his feet. And he needs you in this world as he as he represents you in heaven before the father. You represent him before the world. That's being an influence in someone's life. That's being an influence for the kingdom of God. Some godly influencers that we look when we look in the Bible, even in the Old Testament. uh, You see, Moses was an influencer to the point where he led uh, the captives free. You have Joshua, who was an influencer, who led the faithful to the promised land. You have Noah, who was an influencer, who led his own family to salvation. And you have Esther, Gideon, David, Daniel, and much, much, much more of these godly influences that we can read about and be inspired by. And the reason why they were labeled as godly influencers is because of one common denominator. They were God followers. They were influenced by God first in their life. And we need to be influenced by God first in our life before anything else. 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says all scripture is inspired by, by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Understand that his word and his, his spirit is in you. You have it in you. You just need to allow it to manifest before you. And you need to take that, what's in you, let it come out before you and just do it for Jesus. And don't worry about the performance of how we do it. Paul says he doesn't have elegant speech or persuasive words, but he's just here to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's, the, uh, that's what we need to come to, down to, is demonstrating that. It's within you. I'm going to close it with the next three minutes that I have. I'm going to close it with just my personal testimony of how I was influenced uh, through my journey. You heard the story of, of the night of worship, but it even started before that. When I was in seventh grade, I had a friend, a very good friend of mine, uh, who I met, who was a Christian boy, practically on his own in middle school and on to high school. He was the only Christian friend I had, and he influenced my life. I remember being in high school with him. I'm saying, hey, uh, uh, Raul, why don't you just say the F-bomb? And I would drop the F-bomb, and he says, why? Why don't you say the S-word? And I would say the S-word. He's like, why? And I love what he said to me in 10th grade. He had said, why do I have to say all those words when I don't need them? We can have a conversation, and you understand me. And it made me, it rattled my head. It rattled my head. And for seven years, I challenged my friend. But for seven years, he was an influence for Christ in my life. He tilled ground in my heart. He did it all the way until I walked into Res Life Highland for the first time. And the seed was sown and the ground was fertile because of the influence and the work he did in my life. That's what he does. Who's that in your life? 
you're the Raul. Who's the Jesse in your life right now where you can till ground and just trust God through the process? Ephesians 5.1 says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children. And then when that season ended, I went into a new season. I'm now a Christian, and there was my first pastor that I ever had. And he didn't say much. He spoke a lot, but his, his, his lifestyle taught me, and it and, and inspired me and influenced me. It inspired me to live faithfully to God, to seek God's kingdom first. Matthew 6, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Then when that season went over, God established an army of men around me, Pastor Tom being one of them today, who are my teachers, who, are, who is my spiritual father, who is someone that has taught me that my strength is found in Christ alone, no matter the issues I face in life. Psalms 28, 7, the Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. And another person that inspires my life has been there since the very beginning of my Christian walk, before my Christian walk, is my wife. She was my high school sweetheart. We've dated for years in high school before we even got married. We've known each other for a long time. But my wife is a godly influencer who shows me to be tender and balanced when it comes to people. <laughs> because I need to be influenced by her sometimes. Most of the times, actually. She says, stop staring and start fixing. That's influencing Jesse to keep going. Don't stop. But she is my helper. She is my number one go-to person on earth. Husbands, am I talking? We sometimes we belittle or we neglect or we forget, not with a mean heart, but just because we are prideful in what we do and we're leaders, we forget that God has gifted them to be an influencer in our lives. Genesis 2, 18, the Bible says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper for that fit, that's fitting for him. Influence. Everyone say influence. My message today was just to inspire you to be an influence for Jesus Christ so you can make an impact in this world. When negativity comes at you, we counter it with truth, with love and with grace. Not being, of, not flaring opinions, not giving emotions of what I just feel for the moment, but standing on what is right, and that's the living word of God. Man, I'm gonna give a quick invitation Look, I, I, I can see almost everybody and I, I've encountered a lot of you guys and I know you have Jesus, but if you want to commit your life, maybe the second time, I haven't been living for Jesus. I'm not going to even tell you, close your eyes. We're going to hold each other accountable. And you want to give your life to Jesus right now. I want to make a decision. Just shoot your hand up really quick right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. Let me pray over you. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for every single one of these men here. Lord, I thank you that the word you've given us will continue to resonate as the days and the weeks go by. Lord, when we feel weak and weary, we run to you. You give us what we need. When we feel inadequate or unequipped, we run to you because you have everything for us. When we feel dry or in the wilderness, we run to you, Father God, for you are a fountain of life, living water, Father, where we thirst no more. When we make a mistake or we miss it at times, Lord, let us not run away from you in shame. Let us run to you knowing you are merciful in our lives. I pray for these men as they continue to go forward in life. Let them be a light to their world 
as they advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen.